0: The best coaches in the game, huh? We really ain't playing. We regroup up in the slack chat with the coaches debrief. We've been piecing these puzzles, occupied the a chunk to the pie. Ain't no lie when we hit the block, helmets class gets top. All right, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to the bold call fantasy football podcast presented by underdog fantasy, where you can play in awesome best ball leagues, compete for a million dollars. And, of course, by DFSarmy.com, where you get all of your season-long and daily fantasy sports advice all in one place. Not generic shit, but real bold calls. That's what we're all about here. You know what the difference is, says, between DFS Army, the bold call pod, and your average podcast that you listen to that talks about fantasy football? What is it? Tell me. It's that we know what the fuck we're talking about here. We play in big money leagues, and we win them okay i've seen a lot of shitty advice out there go for it you want to listen to that great you want to come here you want to win your league that's what we do that's yeah. different
1: you know what's funny though you're just you you mentioned our sponsor underdog for a second and by the way well said well said uh, uh you true. know uh, i love that you're on fire you must have had an extra cup of coffee before we started today but um I'm underdog fired up man i'm fired up today yeah and, and and underdogs fired up too. So I'm sure you saw the, uh, the Gardner Minshew draft me in the first round. I'll send you a, a thing of, of Budweiser and uh, what was going on on, on underdog fantasy on their best ball site. And a lot of other best ball sites are people were taking Gardner Minshew in the first round, ruining drafts just to, you know, win this contest. And you know, if I'm in a draft and someone takes Gardner Minshew in the first round, great, but what they don't like it. So they're tweeting out now, all these best ball sites, specifically underdog that if you play, If you play underdog and you do not take Gardner Minshew in the first round and you screenshot it, they'll give you a free entry into their Best Ball Millionaire contest. So for any of our listeners that are listening, if you've never played underdog fantasy, just go into deposit with DFS Army code. Use that code when you deposit. Just do any draft. And if you do not take Gardner Minshew in the first round and screenshot it, Go to our the DFS Army Twitter. We show you what to do. Just send that screenshot and they will give you a free entry into their BBM Best Ball Mania Millionaire Contest. Whoa,
0: whoa, whoa. That's a 25, that's a $25 entry.
1: Absolutely. Just for not taking Gardner Minshew in the first round. Can I get the $25? Every single person, just do a draft in the, I think it go to our Twitter at DFS Army. I put the rules up there. And I think it, you have to do it in the next day or so. So do a 30-second draft. You know, they have a 30-second timer draft. Now, in fairness,
0: I did a draft. And I I drafted Gardner Minshew also to get the free. Uh,
1: beer. No, it's, just don't take them in the. If you took them not, in the no, first, no, not an underdog fantasy. I did a free Yahoo one. Yeah, but I'm saying like if you go to underdog fantasy, don't draft Gardner in the first round. Screenshot it, and you do it in the next day. They will give you a free entry into their BBM Best Ball million, uh, Mania uh, Millionaire Contest. Number one, I'm doing that. But
0: I just gave you guys all the pro tip for the free beer. Do it in a free Yahoo league, not in a money underdog fantasy league, you fools. All right.
1: <laughs> a lot going on in the NFL, man. A lot there going is a on. lot.
0: And that's what we're that's what our topic is today. We're gonna cover all of the news that's been coming out. Listen, we don't have a standard preseason. This is a weird year. And, and preseason. Tr- me too. Guys, this is a weird year. This is gonna be a weird week one of daily fantasy. Trust me, because I'm looking at it right now and working on it. That's what we do here. We're getting prepped for NFL um, daily fantasy season, and it's a weird week one too. Why? Because we haven't seen anything out of these players. We don't know how they're going to look. We don't really hear much out of training camp because there's limited uh, availability of beat reporters in these camps, but we do have some information. So what we're going to focus on today is news nuggets and tidbits and what we can glean from said tidbits and there are some juicy tidbits i love juicy tidbits i love juicy titty what okay i love the juicy ones too (laughs) yeah so all right by by uh, by the way i thought man I i was thinking of a twitter account
1: i know juicy tidbits and it has nothing to do with this yeah i see vincent in the uh chat man uh the live chat thanks vincent uh magno he said uh you know nice and complimentary towards us so we always welcome that i see shane's up in there uh checking us out right now appreciate you anyone else in the live chat get in there man we'll uh, we'll try to answer you back hey shane's let's get in there shane's
0: in there just like screenshotting his no um gardner Minshew first round underdog like right he's like oh shit $25 hey,
1: free entry man i want that yep I mean, what a great way to get people to sign up, right? And use code DFS Army when you sign up. It helps us out. Well, it helps sponsor. They sponsor
0: the pod, and it's nice. And we like to have a sponsor. You know, I like but to pay. I like to pay says for doing this because uh, he just does it out of love most of the time. So that's what's helpful with the sponsor. All right, now, let's get to it. All right. Let's talk about some tidbits, guys. Now, let's let's just get started. We'll jump right into news items that may affect your draft this season. The first one is Michael Williams, wide receiver, San Diego. Char- are they in San Diego? Los Angeles Chargers. Where the <laughs> fuck are they? Los Angeles, Las Vegas. Now, the Chargers wide receiver likely to miss Week One and maybe further weeks with a shoulder injury. What does that mean for Mike Williams? and the rest of the the pieces on the Chargers team. And what do you say,
1: says? I mean, Mike Williams was a guy that you and I were both zeroed in on as one of the best wide receiver fours you can get in fantasy this year. Um, my A couple of my best ball teams are, have taken quite a hit. Uh, Mike Williams is going to be out for a month. That means he'll probably be out for the first at least two weeks of the season, um, likely three, and then it's going to take him a week or two to get back up to it. So what does this mean for your redraft leagues? Uh, I don't, you know, I, I don't think I could draft them in my standard, in my 16 round draft, my 18 round draft. Uh, I'll just pick them up off the waiver. Or I just because if you if you draft him and you got to sit on him in a year where there's injuries and coronavirus, you're just going to have to cut him. And if you take him like in the 12th round, you're not going to want to cut him. So I I had him pretty aggressive. I had him up to like wide receiver 32 or something like that in our rankings. But I mean, I basically put him in a place you're not going to get him. I pushed him all the way down to like the 70s. I was not high on Mike Williams. Anyway, I, I, I'm I in disagreement
0: with you. I don't have one share of Mike Williams, not one in my best ball leagues, because I don't believe in um, Tyrod Taylor as a quarterback who can deliver touchdown receptions.
1: Yeah, well, uh, you know what it was is that Tyrod Taylor, the one thing he does do well is the deep ball, the jump ball. He does that again. He's not great at it, but he doesn't turn it over. And Tyrod Williams had a thousand yards last year and only two touchdowns. Uh, the year before that, he had 10 touchdowns, but only... And he had hour. a
0: good year. He had a good year. I like Michael Williams. He's had Williams two, good years. Let, he's had but, two but good years. He's had two But me, any... let me clarify. I love Michael Williams as a player. I think the talent is there. I think they haven't used him properly, and I think one day we will see. He will have a Devontae Parker-like breakout at some point.
1: Yeah, I thought it but... might be this year, and because that... And, and also, the price was right. I mean, you didn't have to take him until the 10th round. It really yeah. it was like, you know... Very cheap. Fine. And he's a, he was a buy for me in Dynasty.
0: But but here's here's the effects are. So let's look at the other effects because you're going to have people running into some other players, um, from that team. Now, I don't think this, <laughs> Oh my God. Oh, DFS up North just made one of the funniest. <laughs> I know these I guys... even, he's killing me. You're killing me. You could put that on, man. He he said funny. he yeah, said that he,
1: we are the bald call, not the bald call, the bald call.
0: <laughs> you know, he's so observant that I'm not wearing a hat for one. I got a haircut. I was proud of it.
1: All right. Oh, I I was it called? Was it called? Uh, these guys with their hair. They think that you know, it's it's as Larry David said on the Curvy uh, Enthusiasm. <laughs> it's the bald community. The bald community.
0: Uh uh hair people, man. I hate them just like I, I, I hate know. tall people.
1: Tall and hair people are the worst. All and right. good looking. I hate good looking people too. Also. And but Josh hair. is all three of those. Josh is good looking. He's got hair. Uh, I don't know if he's tall. I only seen him sitting down on his podcast. But uh, you know, these the, the we can't catch a break, can we, uh, Geek? I have never been a fan of the tall, uh, or, I, the I, you, or the good, good looking, or the good looking tall. The good looking.
0: The tall are the worst. All right, I'm a, I'm an anti tallite. I like it. All right, move Open. on openly. All right, so do, do, what does this mean for Keenan Allen? Right. Do I want to yeah. do, do I, I want I don't know. want Keenan Allen. No. No.
1: No. Listen no. to me. Listen No. To me. There's been no further Ke- a Keenan Allen hater than the Bald Call podcast. We 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 do not like Keenan Allen, but it's time to take him in the sixth round. It's You're time. Killing me. I listen. We have to be flexible when the circumstances change and the only veteran wide receiver there, I mean they literally have Hunter Henry who who can't Stay healthy. You know, uh, Joe Reed is the sly. He's a seventh round rookie. It's time to concede that it's um, Keenan Allen is probably has, you know, without Mike Williams there in the first four weeks is is probably going to be a top 14 wide receiver. So if you want to take him in the sixth round, if you weren't already on him, if you're already on him, then kudos to you. But if you weren't, I know we don't like it and we probably won't do it anyway, but it's time to concede that that might be a good move. I'm, I'm staying on the Keenan Allen hate
0: train. I'm with you. I'm staying on it. I don't give a shit. Uh, I don't think that <laughs> Tyrod Taylor can deliver more than 14 to 16 receptions in a game. And even if Keenan Allen gets, I, I mean, you got to give Eckler eight or nine of them because I'm on the e- Eckler train. So then there's just not enough. It's not, I yeah, no. mean, Keenan and his eight yard receptions. No. Yep. All right. Fair no. enough. All right. Um, All right, that's Mike Williams' information. Other items, tidbits. We're going through the tidbits. Um, Okay, you know we got the
1: uh, the the big item of the day. Let's just cover David Montgomery right away. Oh yeah, that is a big one.
0: David Montgomery carted off the field. Looked like um some sort of a gurn injury. What was first?
1: Well, it what happened was that it uh, it was a non contact injury, and that those are that's a scary term in football. The non contact injury, everyone immediately thought Achilles or ACL and it later found out that it was a groin injury, it's probably still going to be out for a little bit. So really the question is, and this is the question I've been answering all day, is what are they going to do? Are they going to sign a, a, a free agent? Are they just going to go within? Are they going to try to make a trade? And I don't know. What you? I, I mean, I have some definite thoughts on this. Do you want to weigh in first? Let's say David Montgomery's out for a month, so he's going to miss weeks one, two, and three. What do you think the Chicago Bears are going to do? I, I do think they might consider bringing in a
0: Devonta Freeman. He's still hanging out waiting for a place to go. Um, I don't know if there's anybody on the roster who could really replace Dave Montgomery. Mean, and they could also try to just roll out Tariq Cohen and play, let him kind of handle the majority, kind of bring in whoever I, their second, third, would down you love to in. see that? I think I would, I would,
1: I, I would like to see Tariq Cohen handle like a 20 carry role. And I know he's like five foot six, but he, he's one of these stocky guys and he's lightning quick. I think he could do it in almost like a Philip Lindsay esque tight away, type of way. But, um, I mean, you know, I've seen it all over Twitter today. I mean, if the Jaguars are not speed dialing Chicago, hey, we still got Leonard Fournette. We still got him, you know? We already sold sold you Nick Nick Foles for a four. I mean, the Jaguars have basically more or less said they'll take a sixth or seventh round pick for Fournette, just so you know. Uh, We could get into the Fournette. Actually, let's add that to the topic list because that's actually
0: very topical. A lot of people talking about, Fournette, but but with this one, I I don't think unless I don't think they're going to trade for Fournette. I, what I think is going to happen here, uh, you know, let's say he was out for the season, then oh. I do think they go into emergency mode. They have to bring in a guy because you can't rely on Tariq Cohen holding up for a full season, having no. never seen it before. No. Um they would have to bring in somebody. But right now, I think it's it makes Tariq Cohen interesting the first few weeks because if you, Tariq Cohen's so talented, all he needs is opportunity, and he's going to smash. Yeah, He's basically Kenyon Drake like, whoa, he's, that, he's, go he's that good. He's that good. No, he is. He's that good. He is the reason why Chicago will never like have a great producing running back. That's not Tariq Cohen because Tariq Cohen always is going to demand some some attention because he's very, very good.
1: Yeah, I mean, Tree Cohen's five foot six and stocky. Kenny Drake's six foot one, two hundred and twenty five pounds, and runs like a, a no, like a low I, four I just four. mean like an
0: un like this talent that's never that right, really right. Rarely okay. gets utilized. I'm not saying he's a clone. Of, no, All I right, wasn't so, comparing right. the two. Players. Let's like, say you Drake was on the team; he was so good, and they just refused to use him. I I think Cohen's All a little right. like that.
1: This weekend is a big draft weekend. You and I are drafting in um, a home league this weekend that's not cheap. It's a good, you know, it's a nice chunk of change. Um, If our draft was tonight, I mean, just forget Superflex for a second. Take that out of it. Where would you, what round? David Montgomery was going in like the fifth round. We're knowing, I mean, not knowing, you know, we're just, you know, presuming here uh, could be one week. It could be zero weeks. Where would you take him right now? Now, don't say I wouldn't draft him because there's a round where you would draft him. What round would you,
0: let me just explain where I have him in my rank. Rankings before the injury, I had him as RB twenty six, right after Kareem Hunt, Jonathan Taylor, and David Johnson. Okay, so I was lower yeah. on him. No, that's about where he team. goes. That's about where he goes. <laughs> to me, right now, I'm taking him. Even now, coming off the Gurn, assuming that we don't get information that this is some long term thing, but it's you know a couple weeks here and there. Maybe I move him down a few spots to like the the Jordan Howard
1: range where I'm just right, right ahead of Jordan Howard. Maybe well, hold on a second. Hold on a second here. Cause this is the question. It's easy to say that, but you're on the clock and Jordan Howard and David Montgomery are staring you in the face. There's, I know you, you draft you, you're, you've become more injury uh, adverse then, you know, just through our conversations, I don't think you're taking David Monk. I think you're taking Jordan Howard if you're on the clock and you're in the I'm seventh round. I am not taking round. either of those fucking turds. To be I'm saying on, you on the seventh
0: round. I'm you're in the third the round, round and I haven't gotten three running backs that I like already. I know I already fucked up my draft and I'm basically punting. That it. doesn't help
1: our P. Pe- that does, You got to remember the don't purpose get of this.
0: No, no. I'm going to tell you this. Don't get there. Don't be to the point where you need to take David Montgomery in the seventh round. You should have three running backs on your roster. After the first five or six rounds of, of your season long draft, one hundred percent. And if that the worst guy for your W for your RB three, in my opinion, is probably somebody like a David Johnson, Kareem Hunt, or DeAndre Swift. That's the area where I'm like, dude, that better be my third guy, not my second. That needs to be my third guy. I don't believe in zero RB. I think that's fucking bullshit. I think it's a lot of smoke that that people blow up people's asses and it never works. It can work. It's such a long shot. Get three running backs, have Chris Carson on your team. Don't wait for this part. Don't yeah. not be getting these guys.
1: And uh, I see in the live chat somebody that asks, you know, where to draft Cohen. I th- still think I wouldn't like reach ahead to draft Cohen. I would take him at ADP, uh, maybe around ahead of ADP, because at the end of the day, uh, we don't know if Tariq Cohen will have an increased workload or they'll bring somebody in. So I wouldn't get overly aggressive on Cohen. We just know that there's there's major upside there. Um again, Cohen fits into that James White ppr back if you have uh faded the running back inflation he is one of those uh, running backs that you could put in there while you wait for one of your late guys to emerge i, uh, I think geek. cohen's going to be an exciting
0: potential week one daily fantasy play at a discount yeah. so let's D- different here. than your week that time. that i'm all i'm with you on we'll what else is time. going on in the news right. geek let's keep hang, hammering through some of these items um a couple small ones eagles looking to re-sign Ertz, which wasn't a guarantee before people thinking go dirt was going to kind of be the next guy i think um you know, yeah. with the re-signing of Ertz, kind of does that does that make you like him a little more? In, in or no different, he's still T E four, I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, the only it, we weren't for this season, Ertz was our. You know, he was some people's third tight end, some people's fourth. If he he never dropped later than five. Um, but I think for Dynasty, this is the real buzzkill because everyone was banking on that Ertz was gone next season and, and Dallas Goddard was going to be the guy. Uh, resigning Ertz for another year just, just totally derails the Dallas Goddard train. I'm not saying he can't emerge. I'm just saying, I'm you know as a Dallas Goddard owner in a few leagues, I'm a little bummed out. I thought for sure Ertz was uh, going to walk.
0: All right. I'm excited that uh, DFS Up North is in the audience here and listening in because he's going to remember this name. Now, I'm hurt that he called me us the bald calls, but I'm going to forgive it. Embrace He's going to remember this name. Okay. Word out of Arizona mm. is that the guy emerging as the sort of exciting, unexpected player in their offense is tight end Dan Arnold. Love now, it. You, you may remember Dan Arnold from winning us a showdown tournament. Uh, a couple times last season for the Saints, I believe it was. Yes. Maybe it was two years ago. Was it last year? Man, I don't even no, know. No, he where.
1: was he was on the he it's either a midseason trade or he was on Arizona last year. So it was probably two years ago that he this was on the Saints. Been Two years ago that he won us
0: some showdowns, Dan Arnold one day, and the Dom station was all over him. I, I just remember the name because I always think of like Kevin Arnold and and you know the Wonder Years when I see his name. I always think of Dan as like the brother. Like, oh, he's a tight end now. Um so he sounded really good. Arizona really hasn't had a tight end on that team that's been useful, right? Like who'd they have? Uh a three yeah, I mean, guy, one of the three name guys, right? Like
1: uh yeah, Ricky Seals Jones was yeah, there. Yeah, uh and then last and then um draft draft prospect at one point gone bust. Max Williams is still there. They've they've been um they've spread it out a little bit over the last few years, but uh they they saw what Dan Arnold was able to do and I mean, he he's a big guy, dude. He's like six six, two fifty. He's he's almost like Evan Ingram esque. Uh, I think you know, if you have punted tight end this year, I'm talking like you just totally ignored it. Every step of the way, you didn't like the value. You didn't want to take an elite guy, you didn't want to take an Evan Ingram. And then by the time you got into the uh Hayden Hearst Gronk area, people were just scooping those guys up. I still love uh Dan Arnold as literally your last pick in the draft. But I mean, I, I wouldn't expect to start him as your tight end one. He's more of a <laughs> This feels like a best ball play to me.
0: Uh, you know, you know, when you're on your best ball league and you're, you're at the, it's the, it's the 19th or the 20th round and you just need, you know, forget ADP at that point. I only got two tight ends. Oh shit. Or, or, you know, I'm just looking for someone who can have a good game or two and score for me at some point. That's a great one of your last picks. Yeah. Cause I've you're gotta, not going to,
1: they're going to spread the wealth a little bit over there, but I could see a situation where Dan Arnold ends up with like eight touchdowns. Not a lot of yards, not a ton of catches, but he is a big target for Kyla Murray in yeah. the end zone.
0: They're, they're also, you know, the Cardinals have been running four wide receiver sets. That generally is not ideal for your tight end reception sort of projections, but they'll have a lot of sets where where they're, not doing that, and that's where you bring the tight end in, or have him work as that fourth yeah. uh, pass catcher. So I like I like Dan Arnold. I don't expect too much, but it where is would you rank him? Like, would you rank him in the t- in the top twenty tight ends, or you can't no, even go there? No, no. This is more in like this is when you're getting to like the Jace Sternbergers of the world, which I don't think are top twenty. Right. Top I
1: mean, if you're in your two tight end league, I'm in a few of those. I know he, not he, many he, people. He, more like top thirty-two. Like maybe he's like <laughs> top thirty-two. Yeah, yeah like one that's okay. <laughs> all right.
0: Yeah, he's like you know, like he's an acceptable one. Maybe you know there's like twenty-seven. Yeah, you, you know, know, there's thirty-two teams in the NFL, right? Yeah, I guess what, Some of them have two viable tight ends. Everett and I would say Everett and Higby. I would say Godert and Ertz. Like there are plenty of teams where both of their tight ends, including the second guy, are are better than this guy. So like you know. Like with San Francisco, you know they have Kittle, but there's another guy over there who's not bad too. Jordan, bad.
1: well, Jordan Reed just signed there. That's another news. Are you, uh, I, no, I mean, that's not, n- that's not news. Stop, stop. Okay, me. no.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, I'll say, oh my boy, Caden Smith from the Giants probably ahead. Well, he's a of, backup. backup. I know, but you know, like if if a very injury prone Evan Ingram gets hurt, you've got a really viable guy. Still better than Dan Arnold, but but nonetheless, I want Dan Arnold as like a last pick in my best ball league. All, All right, right. Uh, that enough of the Dan Arnold
1: podcast. No, that's way too much. What else? What um, else is in the news,
0: geek? Uh, w- real quick, uh, Kenyon Drake. We're staying with Arizona in a boot. Should but I before- be worried?
1: Yeah, Before we hit that, I, you know, I always like to, to pick off the questions in the chat. Um, you know, Just real quick, we had a question on James Conner. If you go to DFS Army rankings, you can see there's a lot of love. Uh, David S. asked about our James Conner. We're big on James Conner. We think he should be a second-round pick. He's certainly underpriced, but you don't only have to take him until the third round. If you somehow took one of the elite wide receivers in the second round. You, you, you missed out on that second running back. James Conner makes for an ideal third round pick. Uh, you um, talked about, you talked let me, about let
0: me throw on, on, I want to add to the James Conner uh, terminator yeah. uh, discussion. Two things. Number one, Ben Roethlisberger always, when he's at the helm has running backs that produce massive fantasy points. That is a function of the way that Ben Roethlisberger runs that offense. I don't care who it is unless they have no talent. James Conner, talented enough to produce really well. He needs to stay healthy, and Ben needs to stay healthy. The secondary part of that is if we don't think he's healthy, I'm hearing says, and this is another little nugget, that it's Benny Snizzles, a.k.a.
1: Benny Snell. It was never in in doubt. Yeah, the backup. Yep, it was never in doubt. Hey, Hey. and also, just remember, I always like to take a look at last year. I saved last year's ADP, final ADP. I pull ADP from uh, September The first week of September 2019. And James Conner was like pick 10. So he was going in the first round last year. Injury just derailed him. Not much has changed with the situation. You had asked me about um, Drake. And uh, Flex Shane had asked me about Drake earlier today. And there's recent news that he is in a walking boot. But. It's precautionary. Uh, Drake, you know, sometimes we, we have to go with what reporters say. This time, Drake tweeted out himself. He said, I'm fine. Obviously, he's not fine because, and you know, the other thing that I thought was funny is that I saw a tweet online by this guy, Jerry Donabidi, and I thought it was pretty funny. He said, uh, he, he retweeted the comment saying, Drake is in a, a walking boot because it's precautionary. And he says, no, it's not because precautionary would be wearing the walking boot before the injury. That would be precautionary. It's reactionary. Wearing the walking boot after an injury. doesn't sound so precautionary, I, but I thought that was funny. Yeah. Um, I'm not moving him down. I mean, if you want to tick him down, we have him as solidly in the first round as like pick nine, pick 10, even as high as pick seven or six at some point. But sure, you want to take the the rookie Clyde Edwards-Alaire over him. You really want to take Derrick Henry over him. You want to even take Josh Jacobs over him because you're concerned. I have no problem with it. From after the top, the top four running backs are off the board, uh, Barkley Zeke, Alvin Kamara, uh, Christian McCaffrey – it Honestly, not, it's very, definitely not in that order. No, 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 no. Just you know, just <laughs> those four. But yeah. Dalvin Cook on down or Joe. There's a lot you can you can pick. You can find the warts on any of those guys. So if there's any reason to knock a guy down a few slots, go ahead and do it. I have no problem with it. There
0: we go. We we have great questions coming in from the um from the chat. It's unbelievable. We're not going to get through our regular stuff, but uh Vincent Mag- Magno. Clearly listens to you because he's asking about Ozigbo in round 19. Like that's such a says take. (laughs) Like there's no more says take than that.
1: And can I tell you, uh, you know, our friend that's been on the podcast Byron Lambert was at Jaguars camp this week, and we can get into this a little bit. And he said, Divine Ozigbo, man, he looked amazing." You know, I mean, this is a guy that was on New Orleans. They caught him. Jaguars scooped him up. Uh, he is a slick runner. He's fast. He looks like a like a truck out there. Now he's not. This is not the Divino Zigbo backfield, but he is certainly going to be involved this year, even if it's five seven carries a mm-hmm. game. To me, if you're taking Divine, you're hoping that the
0: actual trade or getting rid of Fournette thing happens. Right. Like if that Correct. doesn't happen, that's a gamble on that. Like or an injury, he's, he's going to be shit. Yeah, he's going to be shit. Um, right. Ken is asking about Guyton, who I'm assuming is a backup wide receiver for the Chargers. And, uh, with Mike Williams gone does he have? Mike Williams is not gone. He's just out for a few weeks and no, the wide receiver core in San Diego is not something you want a piece of. Again, it's Tyrod Taylor. He does not throw a lot of passes. He just doesn't, he will not throw it more than 20 times in a game. He just won't. Right. So there's no point in that. Um, no. all right, let me, let me continue through our list of, of to do here. So we're not worried about Drake boot, It's all precautionary, even though it's reactionary, but it's precautionary. (laughs) Wasn't that a great tweet? Uh, No, it's not precautionary. You put it on after an injury. I thought
1: that was brilliant.
0: All right. Chris Carson back at practice. Looks all scary. He's got the Q tag, but he's back at practice doing his thing. No one likes Chris Carson, but Chris Carson's just like 25 carries a game guy. Like, why doesn't anybody like him? And should we get back on the Chris Carson bandwagon? And is he really a better player than Carlos Hyde? He seems like the
1: same guy. So uh, Matthew Berry takes a lot of flack for being like the McDonald's of the fantasy football industry, but I respect this guy. I really do. I I have, I think Matthew Berry is really smart and stop sucking up, man. uh, No, I'm again, I, I have, I understand why people, you know, take shots at him, he's the top guy. You know, I mean, he's the most popular guy on ESPN, but. And he I, I truly believe he and I'm going to say this, you know, cautiously that he dumbs it down to have broad appeal. But he's so smart. Like when he really talks fantasy with some of these fantasy guys, like I heard him on um, I, I've heard him on a couple of podcasts. He's he impresses me. And he said something the other day about Chris Carson. I was off Chris Carson. I was totally not even thinking about him in drafts. And he Matthew Barry talked about how he likes Chris Carson as a second round pick, 23rd player overall. And he said that there's only two running backs over the last two years that have totaled 1,100 yards and nine touchdowns in both years. Chris Carson's one and Zeke Elliott's the other. Chris Carson has been reliable. Yes, there's little warts on him, meaning he had an injury history. He's fumbled. But the, the one coach that doesn't give a shit about fumbling is Pete Carroll. He'll put you right back out there. You know, he doesn't bench you automatically for a fumble. So... uh uh that really, I don't know. I'm with you, Chris Carson. I mean, you don't have to take him in the second round, but anytime in the third, if you want that third running back, um, or if you went, what if you took like Chris Godwin at the end of the second round and it whips around, you want another uh, running back, you sign off on Chris Carson anytime in the third?
0: No, not, not if, not if other running backs are on the board that I like more, but Chris Carson's fine. He's where do you have a, him? He's yeoman like. You may, oh, let me, let me open up my rankings, but he's a yeoman like. All right, I have him uh, at 21st overall. Overall or of, on on running uh, back? 21st running back after after Le'Veon Bell, after Mark Ingram, before Leonard Fournette. So I'm taking uh, Terminator ahead of him. I'm taking Gurley.
1: I'm well, taking let me ask Gordon. you this. Start, start with like running back 10. Read him down 10 to, to where you have uh, Carson. I'm curious, do you have there? Who's your 10th running back?
0: Miles Sanders, I have his 10th overall okay. just after Austin Eckler. Oh, 11. Then, then Mixon, Chubb, 12. Jones. All right, we say the number. So 13 is right, Jones. 13 is Jones. 14, Josh Jacobs. Uh-huh. Now we got Melvin Gordon. 15. And James
1: Conner. Okay, 16. Then we've got Todd Gurley, 17. Okay. I think that's where you need to stop and consider Carson. And listen, I understand if you don't. That's but the area. Go, yeah, I think that's right he, here. I
0: mean, he comes in. I, I, I'm taking Gurley ahead of Carson because... Gurley has more upside than Carson does to me. If he's healthy and they throw to him in that offense and he has a resurgent year, then he could be really special on a team that scores a lot and they don't have a pass catching back on, on, uh, I think Gurley is a pass catcher. They don't have a specific yeah, no, pass catching back on that team.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, you know, if, if something happened to Gurley, I think it would be some form of a committee with Brian Hill, Edo Smith and, um, Quadri Olsen. I think they would—they all three Dude, would contribute.
0: Brian Hill was
1: so bad last yeah. year. There's been, you know, terrible. and I. And I agree with that, just that, you know, and it's only training camp and it's only beat reporter talk, but, uh, some of the beat reporters have said that I think that Brian Hill has acknowledged he was bad last year and went into one of those transfer transformation modes and knows that if he doesn't perform this year, he could be out of the NFL. So, um, I, you know, again, you don't have to draft him. You could take him in the last round of your girly owner, but you know, it's reports like that are better than no reports or bad reports. I'm more excited about judge Ito
0: than I am about Brian Hill. Cause at least Ito. Has been there and done that. You know what I mean. He's definitely not an exciting player, but you know, I'd rather a, have him as my backup. But I think Gurley will be fine. I don't know. I'm not a fucking doctor. I don't know about his knee, but what I do know is he played the whole year out last year. He seemed okay, and you know, if he's got a degenerative condition, I'm just gonna hope that it doesn't hit this year. But for as long as he's on the field and he's healthy, I think uh, Gurley is gonna be uh, better than these other guys. Chris Carson's upside. I've I've watched him. His maximum potential is about 21, 22 points. He needs to score the touchdown. He needs to get 100 yards with a bonus. He doesn't catch passes, and he's not an explosive runner. The, the only thing he's got going for him is volume. And I'm definitely worried about Carlos Hyde, who is the same guy as Chris Carson. The same. Exactly. I'm a little bit higher on Carson after I heard uh, Matthew Berry's take. It made me think a little bit. Because Matthew Berry is not thinking about the fact that Carlos Hyde is exactly the same. So why would they give Chris Carson 26 touches, which is what he's needed to get to 22 fantasy points the last few years, when you got Carlos Hyde. He's the same guy. You bring him out there, he's going to smash in the touchdown. Chris Carson, beware. That's what I'm
1: saying. I think that Carlos Hyde could have been more of a signing that was an indictment on the depth. Rashad Penny is going to start the year on pop. So they needed somebody there. And the other, the other guy they drafted, and I think it was like the fifth, fourth or fifth round of the rookie draft of the uh, NFL draft was DJ Dallas. Uh, and he, he's been lighting it up in camp. And again, I don't, I'm not sure for your redraft team, if, if he's significant, but he like I said, anytime a fifth or fifth round guy, Seattle has a history of late round guys coming in and and playing. I mean, Russell Wilson was a third round QB. That's the same thing as a fifth round running back. I'll
0: believe it when I see it with Dallas. But all I'm saying is Carlos Hyde, Chris Carson, same guy. All right. Fair enough. I don't, like, enough. It. Move I don't on. like it. All right. Fair let's enough. move on to the next Um, more tidbits. I got a lot of tidbits for you guys. Yeah, no, this is a fun um, show and we can do rapid fire lightning round. Th- this is shit we need to do, man. Everybody got to be aware. Um, All right. Debo Samuel, sprinting, running. Can he be back in time? Can we
1: draft him now? Is it all good? Yeah, I mean, this is this is a golden rule of mine, is that you're going to incur so many injuries in fantasy football during the year that I don't want to walk into one. I don't want to start my draft with one. Now, obviously, unless I'm getting an extreme discount, I'm you're talking a- pretty good discount right now on Debo. I mean, where it, he was going in like the 6th, seven, 7th round before the injury. Hold on. Post- hold up. I got to do my first one of the year. Debo. That's my back, punk. There you go. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, what round would you take him in? The 13th? I mean, 14th? Like, where are you taking? To me, me, I'm not drafting me, a guy like that. Let me, like that. Here. Let
0: me I, I would draft him in the 13th, 14th round, but I would sure. definitely draft him. Um, definitely. There. In best ball, I don't want injured players. And the reason I don't take a guy like Debo in best ball is I need my player scoring every single week. It's a cumulative score. A guy coming back week 10 doesn't help me week one when he's not scoring. I need a cumulative score. Um, But in my season long, if it's the 10th round, no one wants Debo. He's hurt right now. 11th round and he's sprinting out there. I mean, it's still we're still very, just sprinting, we're close to the start of the season. It's not, I'd rather be him out there catching, passes, practicing with the team fully. If that's not the case right now, he's just out there running around. We could still be looking at another four, five, six-week, seven-week timetable. I don't like it. 12th round, sure, but definitely not anywhere where you're drafting a starter. Um, uh, you, same note, so I'm going to answer Ken's question. What about Ayuk? Ayuk, first-round draft pick, dude. Great. He's, hurt. he's banged up, too, you know. He is banged up too, yeah. but I'm going to tell as a general rule, this season for everybody, be careful with the rookies, especially rookie pass catchers. These guys are not going through a proper training camp. They're not going through a proper preseason. This is an unusual year. I think it will take longer for them to get acclimated to the game than usual. I expect nothing out of the rookies, probably for the first six to eight weeks of the season. Yeah, it's going to take a
1: very long time. I think that's a good, like I said, it, and we, we are going to, and everyone listening, we are going to be wrong about one or two rookie wide receivers. They're going to light it up, and then you're going to replay this podcast and say, you guys said to fade the rookies. Here's what I just want to speak for you, Geek. He's saying if you use fade rookie receivers in a shortened year as a rule, Overall, you're going to make money if you're you better. there's going to be guys that that break that and just bust out and we're not going to be able to tell who it is. I would say go with the continuity that the, the guys who haven't changed teams. So, for example, DeAndre Hopkins has been a perennial first round pick for us in fantasy. We love him as he is a top two or three wide receiver this year. New team. He's like falling to the third round in some in the very end of the second round. Guys on same teams, Michael Thomas, anyone who's got the same situation, same those are the guys that we want to draft where possible. Now there's gambles are worth it as you go down. And Geek is saying that rookie wide receivers are usually not a good gamble, certainly at the price, because they always get pushed up the board.
0: And and this year, especially because of the weird preseason stuff. On that note, you just made me think of something and remembers Now I think I forgot. The fuck was I just thinking?
1: Your, oh, boy Van, your boy,
0: your uh, boy Van Jefferson, who's been lighting uh, it up, Cam. No, no, not Jefferson. I had I had another thought. It's going to come back to me. You know, we were talking about rookies. Though, oh, second year player lighting it up. Mm. We've got a few names. So on that same note, we've got a few names of some second year players that we might want to take a stronger look at, and some injuries ahead of them. But but uh, oh, now I do remember what my point was though. Tyrell the Gazelle. We didn't we didn't mention him in our pre uh, pod notes, but I understand that Tyrell the Gazelle is uh is hurting right now what do you know about tyrell i mean tyrell williams when if you just do projections but is he hurt right now i i yeah he got a
1: well he had a torn labrum but he's gonna play through it i mean if he was a a pitcher in baseball he'd be out for like the year you know that torn
0: that torn labrum we're saying is fine like we don't have to worry about that
1: well, yeah, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying he's going to play through it. <laughs> you know. I'm just, uh, so if we were doing projections, right, we would project Tyrell Williams. If we did everyone with their median projection, like their 50th percentile, their most likely outcome, Tyrell Williams would probably be like the 48th wide receiver. But if you look at my cheat sheet, Tyrell Williams is going to be like the 80th receiver because even his stats, if they add up to like 800 yards and five TDs, You'll never play him. You'll never want to play him, and you'll never be able to predict when that game where he has 100 yards and a TD. It, with all of the influx of talent in Las Vegas, Henry Ruggs is looking good. Brian Edwards looks like he should have been a first-round pick. Well, hunter that's the reason I ask about Tyrell. Yeah, hunter Renfro and yeah. and, uh, and Darren Waller are going to eat up the middle of the field. Josh Jacobs is going to take a bump in the passing game. Uh, I I don't think you can even. T- you should not be drafting Tyrell Williams in your redraft leagues. You agree with that? I'm trying to think where I had him before the
0: torn labrum. All right, you know where I had him before the torn labrum, at number seventy eight overall. Yeah. Like so you were not on my list. You He's scratched him off. He, I, I don't have him. So that the, and and somebody's asking about my rankings. They will be up today. I've been actually working on them today. I'm just trying to add some notes in.
1: Um He'll get have it him, all
0: cleaned up. They'll be on the draft kit by the end of the day. Geek will just, have his ranking. So
1: He'll have his rankings up by yeah. week three of the NFL season. <laughs> they
0: take a while. But me and says also consult a lot on all of the rankings. So, you there's know, there's a lot Geek's, of Geek's a lot rankings. Of in have certain
1: rankings my rankings have a seasoning of geek in them this year. He said yeah. uh, he told me with all everything going on he's trying to keep DFS army um growing. He's got some other projects going on. Um what I did was I put together my rankings and then I let him pepper them a little bit so they are like a combination of our of our, yeah. uh, they're a mind meld of our thoughts.
0: But I do have my solo rankings here in front of me. So so uh, you know I just haven't put them on the draft kit yet because I've been adding notes. I, I like I, I like my notes more than I like where I rank players a lot of the time. I, I just do. All right, so let's get let's keep going because there's so many tidbits. Yeah, the but the biddies got- and
1: the biddies are all over the place over here. We're gonna Wait, do a few more. We're going to make a, this a 45-minute podcast. Yeah. Let's do two more this, notes. This and then is we'll... a
0: really, This is a really important one. So I want to talk about some second-year wide receivers, some action, some late-round picks in your best ball league, some guys who we are excited about that you can get for free. Let's start with J.J. Arth- Ortega Whiteside. And, and I understand that he is catching everything in camp and being the bully we were hoping for. What do you say? What's the deal with J.J. Ortega? Is this the year to break out? That we all hoped for when we fucking took him in our dynasty league last season a little too soon.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, we never expect a rookie wide receiver to to do anything. We would have liked to see something. All reports were J.J. or Sega Whiteside was injured last year. Uh, in college at Stanford, man, I, you know, this is my favorite football stat right now. J.J. or Sega Whiteside caught 21 of 22 end zone passes meaning of the 22 times he was targeted inside the end zone he brought down 21 of them and the 22nd one i, well, I was like i have to see this one that he dropped he didn't drop it it was like way over his head or it, it was insane it, it, so this guy basically when you throw it to him in the end zone he is catching it now i don't where expect him to he, where was that guy last year they had no wide receivers yeah no i think I think he was injured. And remember, this is Hassan Whiteside's, uh, you know, it was his nephew, his son. I don't know what it is, but he's uh, related to the basketball player. So he has that box out move where he's able to square his body and bring down touchdowns. I think J.J. Arcega Whiteside is, you know, my original comp for him, I looked back at my notes from last year, was Vincent Jackson. I'm I, I'm not so sure I'm willing to to stay with that comp because I haven't seen the athleticism yet. But as a red zone guy, I mean, he, you know, I like you just you just nailed it. best ball, last round, automatic, season long. No. I don't mind it because I think that I don't want to spend a lot of money on a wide receiver early. I want to attack my running backs with my fab in my season-long league. So with that last pick where I was taking like a Cole Beasley if I needed a receiver or a John Ross, I think I'm pivoting now to like a J.J. Orsega-Whiteside with my last wide receiver pick, whatever round that's going to be in. We'll know p- pretty quick on that. Now, there's another sophomore wide receiver I
0: don't think is getting any hype. Screw you, Shane. I see that comment. He called me a <laughs> J.J. apologist. Um, Another second year sophomore. There's a few sophomores that we like hmm. some getting some hype, the Paris Campbell's of the world. There's a name that's not getting hype that I'm putting in on all of my best ball teams. Yeah. You take
1: this one. Cause Pe- I know where you're going with this.
0: Already. People ask me all the time. Who should I take? And I see you guys fucking up your best ball leagues. When you show me the screenshot and I see it gets to the end and it's like Willie Sneed. It's like some name you've heard of who absolutely doesn't belong on anybody's team ever. Right. Miles Boykin, the WR2 for the uh, Baltimore Ravens, WR2, okay? Let me explain this. Let me explain to you something. Dude is a sophomore. He's he's a physical beast. Didn't do a ton last season. There's a few names. I got some other names too for you, says, but Miles Boykin looks good in camp. He's got the sophomore leap. He's got his quarterback who's taking a level-up approach and he will be on the field for most of the snaps for the Ravens. Why is he still available on the last fucking pick of my best ball league? This guy should be gone. He didn't do shit year one. What happened here, Says.
1: Yeah, I mean, you said he coming out of Notre Dame, um, he was a little bit more of a raw prospect. Uh, what's good about him, I don't think he's the second. I think he's the wide receiver, too, but he's certainly not the second. He's not the target. second pass count. No, but he is, right. he's and, on the field all the time. Yeah, and uh, most of he's, the time. Yes, and I, I think in the same vein as JJ Orsega whiteside he's going to. Uh, I mean, the Ravens are a running offense. I think if you talk about sophomores that you can get in in the very last couple rounds that have a chance to have a DJ Shark second year type emergence, I think Miles Boykin is squarely on that list. Now, you're, the problem is we can't take all of these guys. You're going to have to take one of them because. Other people are going to draft them, or you just don't have the roster room. Yeah. In an, in an infinite bench league, we'll stash everybody. But I think that you are smart to identify Boykin. Uh, he was a, a guy. With a, he's just a guy that I, I when I'm on that last pick, I'm always like, is Boykin around?
0: And, and I just grab Boykin or yeah. JJ Orsega wide side. It's one of those two guys. They're always there for your last pick. And I don't mind if you took him on the DraftKings uh, version of best ball where they have 20, 20 rounds. I don't mind if you're taking those guys 19 to 20 on. On underdog, where you're really only getting 18 rounds, you know that last pick, you're gonna grab one of these two guys. I have another s- sophomore for you. Good. That that might be interesting. Kendrick Bourne, uh, 49ers. Okay, Debo Samuel out for a little bit. You have got Ayuk, rookie. Okay, um, Jalen Hurd, who was sort of the WR three prospect over there anyway, gone for the season. What's wrong with Kendrick Bourne? The dude won me a showdown or two last year.
1: Yeah, I just, um, I, I, I You're don't not a born
0: guy. You're not a born guy.
1: No, I mean, you know, it, sure it could work out. I just didn't like anything I saw, um, other than, the, you know, there's some opportunity. I, you know, the, there's been some reports out of 49ers camp that Trent Taylor, who was getting some helium last year towards the end of, uh. Of draft season is back and healthy and looking like a reformed player. I mean, he doesn't do the same thing Bourne does. And I think Bourne certainly will have his weeks uh, again. It's not somebody that I've targeted. Nobody that stood out for me, but I, I can't tell you with any definitive uh, notion that, Bourne is not going to be a player with Debo out, but it just doesn't seem like um, some uh, the, there's nothing special about him other than the clear opportunity, which might be enough. It might be enough. I want to ask you another one, and this this is not on our prepared notes, but
0: uh, another sophomore. We're, we're, we're focused for some reason right now on sophomore wide receivers. So there's a guy who's going, I think, way too soon in a lot of drafts, and it's disturbing me, and that's Nicole Hardman. Okay, what is the love affair With Miko Hardman, that he is like, am I wrong on him? Should I be moving him up? What am I missing? He's going like, like ahead of like T.Y. Hilton. Like he's going way higher than I would expect him to in a lot of these leagues. What the hell is with Miko Hardman? Why do people like him?
1: Yeah, I can explain it to you. And I'm with you. Uh, I'm not you know he he got one target in the super bowl and he's a I mean, he's only been playing wide receiver for like 3 years of his life before that he was he was playing another position and remember that the Kansas City Chiefs drafted him in the second round last year when they thought Tyreek Hill was either going to be out of the league or gone for eight games so i think he's one of those players that needs a Tyreek Hill or a Sammy Watkins injury does now does he, and i think he can take that sophomore leap i mean he's an electric player that does it all And the 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 small amount of volume that he had when he caught the football, he looked amazing. So if you're looking at Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins, if you put those probabilities and their injury history together, it's not so crazy that Tyree uh, that uh, Mika Harbin will will have an opportunity to shine in a Patrick Mahomes offense. Now, can can I
0: tell you a few names that he's going ahead of via underdog ADP since we could focus on the underdog ADP as they are our sponsor for this pod? When you are taking Miko Hardman, pick number eighty-seven point four overall. You're taking him ahead of Jameson Crowder, Darius Slayton, Emmanuel Sanders, Preston Williams, who I love, um, Christian Kirk. Uh, I'm just way ahead
1: of uh, Bashar yeah, well, Perriman, way ahead of Curtis Samuel.
0: Who else? I mean, it's crazy. It, well,
1: here you go. Here's uh, here's the final. Uh, the final sentence on that on that argument that I was making is that you're not taking him you're you're taking you're drafting him thinking hey, this could be a total dud pick, but this could be a win your league pick and in best ball where you need to win your league or it's an overall contest, it's defensible as a ninth round pick now it's not something I've done and in your season long league if he goes two or three weeks with with like three total catches, you're gonna have to drop him. but like we said, Sammy Watkins injury I mean we're in business all of a sudden
0: could anything can happen he's clearly. One of the starters, he'll be on the field a it's, bit. It's
1: one them. of those guys
0: you have to pay for the upside, and it could. Yeah. And there's no floor. I just think he's going way too high in best ball. I, I agree, it was weird. He's ahead of Deontay Johnson. Like, come on, guys! Like, no, no, he's not that high, is he? Really? He's right there. He's like the next guy off the board. All like, right. they're right there. You're, you're. That's the decision point, and I'm like, that's your decision point. Give me Darius Slayton over. Oh, Sure. Over me, Cole Hardman. I don't think that's a bold take. I think I'm bold. Give call. me Preston Williams, who's going eight rounds le- five rounds later. I'll take yeah. him over me, Hardman, all day. I love Preston Williams. One of my pick. most drafted guys.
1: Yeah. Pick um your favorite new news note, and let's uh, let's end on your on one more note. Pick one more note off the yeah. uh, the sheet that We, I, we, that we, we put went on. off. Oh, we oh, all
0: right. Here we go. Sony Michelle. Ooh. On track for week one. Is this real? Is this just fantasy? Caught in a landslide. No escape from reality. What, what what can we say, man, about Sony Michelle? Can he is he worth even looking at? Is he going to mess with Damian Snacks Harris now? Uh, and
1: and that sleeper play, like what's the deal? Yeah, I was getting real high on Harris. Well, with Sony Michelle looking like a completely um, a bust as an NFL player, but now he's back. I mean, Sony Michelle sees the writing on the wall. I mean, that's the first thing that when when I heard that he was back at practice today, I was thinking that. When your replacement it, all of a sudden it's 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 a coincidence that it's uh two days, uh sorry, Damian Harris has gotten three good days of praise from the media for his his uh his practice performance. Sony Michelle took a saw and cut that cast off his foot and is like, put me in, coach. It sometimes that's what it takes. When you have a job and they hire your replacement and your replacement is doing well, you come back. Let me ask you a question. If you're a two-down grinder
0: on on the team with arguably the best or, or top two defense in the league that won almost every game last season. And yet you still like all of the, all of the peripherals were in your favor. All of them. Your team is winning great defensive team, never playing from behind getting lots of touches. And you still produced the horrific numbers that Sony Michelle produced for the Patriots last season. Should we really think of this guy as like someone to draft, someone to even have interest in? And how much regret do you have for allowing me to essentially destroy your dynasty team Mm. in a trade where I gave you Sony Michelle for Terry McLaurin last year?
1: Yeah. I mean, I thought I was looking good when that trade happened. Cause McLaurin had uh two down weeks and Sony Michelle had a three touchdown game against the jets. So I thought I was in a good spot there. And obviously um, you know, that gamble did not pay off. So the re- yeah, the
0: regret, the regrets are palpable and you're now just hoping that Sony Michelle is something. So you don't have yeah, to. Yeah. I mean, that trade. so
1: I am just hoping he's not a cut at this point, you know? Uh, <laughs> no. So for redraft for redraft, it's funny back in March. uh I, I, written a little article and I on this podcast I said that Sony Michelle was my favorite value in the entire draft as an eighth round starter. Uh meaning like as an eighth round pick in your in your best ball drafts. But can and we now, agree that
0: I was screaming no, no no at that point as well.
1: Well you were saying no 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 but for you weren't but not for the wrong reasons. I mean he wasn't injured. Now he he was in he had surgery in May. That's why I was off it. I thought a healthy Sony in a run first Jared Stidham offense was a lock to be a top 24 running back and you were having to take him at running back 40. I I just thought like the value was there. If it didn't work out, you cut him. Um, you know, I still believe that was sound logic, but obviously I proved it proved that was wrong. Yeah. I mean, I'm not drafting Sony Michelle and I'm, I'm loving the price on Damian Harris. If it gets past the 10th round, I'm out. Uh, 11th round Damian Harris is my RB four RB five. I'm perfectly happy with it just in case he's a player. All right, let me let me uh,
0: g- give a couple of important notes, and then I want you to talk about underdog fantasy sure. uh, for everybody. Guys, if you like the bowl Calls pod, if you like winning your fantasy leagues, if you like what we have to say, if you don't like what we have to say, if you think we're a couple of bald assholes, I don't care. Like, bald and, asshole? Ahead, I, the- <laughs> listen, I don't care what they think. Like and subscribe to the channel. Write your hate into the comment section below if that's what you feel. If you, if you you uh, We'd also love to hear... If you have a sleeper or you have a player that you're really into or or uh, a tidbit that could help us and we'll mention it on our next podcast. So go to the whatever you're listening to this on Podbean, Stitcher, Snitcher, uh, Pony Express, your sister's ass, whatever it is, YouTube, like and subscribe to the channel really helps us get the word out. It helps people see this podcast. That's important to us. That's why we do it. We need to know you're out there. Please do that for me. Hit a like button. Hit subscribe if you like what we do. Hit the notification so you could be with us, not just for the bowl call fantasy football pod, but all NFL season long, all of my pods, you get a notification. Me and Says when we do stuff together, the waiver Wire, the, the Geeks Vegas lines, all our good stuff. You've got to like and subscribe so you find out. And of course, get signed up to DFS army as a VIP, you can get our full draft kit. You can get says rankings, my rankings, all the breakdowns on top of that, all VIP subscribers, everybody who sends up for DFS army right now is getting access to my man, the Burns book, shark autopsy, how to win the DraftKings Kings Millie maker. We have our resident engineer and math genius burns himself who has multiple top 20, um, Top 20. Do you know how hard it is to finish top 20 in the Millie Maker, especially when you only put in 20 or 30 lineups like Burns does? It's impossible. He's got a top seven last year. Multiple, multiple wins. He's got a mathematical formula for putting teams together for this. You got to read this book. It's called The Shark Ops Autopsy. It's available to all DFS Army VIP subscribers. If you are currently watching this and you're currently a DFS Army VIP, you know what we do for you? We say, too bad, you already signed up. You don't get it. Just kidding. You have access to it also. Go to the homepage of the site. Click on the Shark Autopsy book. It's there for you. Please read it. Um, I want to also let everybody know again, but, uh, again, I will be coming out with a series of, and I'm basically redoing my series from last season, of prep um, for DFS NFL podcast we're going to talk about strategy we're going to talk about cash games we're going to talk about correlation how to do it i'm going to do a full blast domination station tutorial how to set up the dom station to attack the million maker win use burns the system use our tools going to put it all together it's going to be a great season now says tell us about underdog fantasy
1: yeah i mean if did you you remember geek you remember the draft play draft app from last year you remember that app right we put yes. all our best balls in there so they're um they're Their former CEO who sold the company to uh, FanDuel, then it got dissolved. He started a new best ball uh, app that's amazing. It's called Underdog Fantasy. Uh, Say hello to your new favorite place to play fantasy football for real money. Underdog Fantasy. With Underdog, all you need to do is the fun part, draft. Forget about injuries, trades, waivers, and setting lineups. Just set it, forget it, and wait for the winnings to come in. This year, Underdog has a $1 million tournament. That's right. Just draft the best team, and you have a shot at $1 million in prizes. Sign up for Underdog today and enter the best ball mania, the BBM, for a chance to win a million bucks in prizes at underdogfantasy.com or searching for Underdog Fantasy in your app store. Be sure to use the code DFSARMY when you make your first deposit. How did I do there? I practiced that today. Did that sound good? That wasn't too bad,
0: man. It's, all right. That sounded radio ready. More importantly than all of that is that after you sign up and you do your first draft, apparently, if you screenshot your non-Gardner Minshew lineup, yep. you should send it to them. They give you a ticket for a $25 entry to that best ball tournament. I also want to tell everybody this. This is very important. Do not exclusively focus on the tournament. I want you to play best ball leagues. To try using to win the league. information. Yeah. To yeah, because it's a harsh thing to judge yourself by if you could win a tournament. You first win your league, you just get That's into the advice. tournament. It's it's really harsh. And then you feel shitty about yourself. You know when I feel good? I don't even give a fuck. I, I'm in a league for fifty bucks and the top prize is two hundred and fifty dollars. And then at the end of the season, I win that two fifty. I'm like, I'm fucking good at this, right? That's what I did to to draft last year. I wish
1: it was still around. Now I'm gonna do it on Underdog Fantasy
0: this year. I kept on taking down those two fifties.
1: So I, I saw someone in our chat. Uh, Eddie said he has a draft tomorrow. A perfect way to prepare for your draft. Eddie, go on uh, uh, on Underdog deposit. You could do a one dollar or a three dollar draft. The thirty second clock, and there's no better way to get ready for your regular draft than to do a best ball draft for a couple bucks. And the reason I say that is you can mock out ADP all you want, but you need to know who you're going to click draft on when the when the clock's on when there's a little bit of money involved. So that's what I do, geek. If I'm if I'm sitting down, if I have like a minute to breathe, I'll do a thirty second clock draft. I'll do a three dollar draft just to have a little stake in the game. There's one you can you can listen to us all you you want read our rankings but there's no better prep than doing an actual best ball draft and that's what gets you prepared for the season one way you burn me every year
0: is you always have some new startup league or some bullshit that that you want to draft in like april or may And your sick ass has been drafting best balls for months, and you know exactly what you want. And I'm like, what fantasy football? And I'm always terrible in that draft. My teams always suck from that one. So there because, you go. Yeah, there. but now that I've done so many best balls, that's when I'm like, ah, oh, I don't got. Don't you wish my you can read? On.
1: Don't you wish we could do redo our, our dynasty draft can right we? now? Can we? Can we? I really I hate that. I want out. I hate my team. I want Whoa. out. The good news is, the good news is, you're. I still think you have. It, just in case things go wrong for you in that league, I think you have some good sell off players. But I, I still think I like your team. I still I like want it. out. I want to redo. I want to redo
0: it. You need Tyler Boyd to come through. All right, man. All right, guys. That's it for this one. We will be back again soon. I believe Sunday there's a live uh, yeah. broadcast schedule. Yeah, we're and gonna... we'll be back again uh, after that. We're going to keep updating on all of the news, all the stuff. Our, our rankings are live. Mine will be there tonight, guys. I know. I'm sorry that you didn't get my notes up until now. Uh, again, our rankings are messed up, m- mixed in, but I do have my stronger takes in certain players. My personal rankings, WR and RB, I'm not even going to do other position groups at this point. I'm going to stick to wide receiver, running back. They will be on the DFS Army draft kit with my notes by the end of the day
1: and that you you'd, you'd you'd mention it but we're going to have Jim Coventry on the the podcast I'm going to be sitting with him on Sunday. Uh Jim is just I'm going to wind him up and let him go man. Uh, he you're going to enjoy that cuz I, I he does all the heavy lifting. I'm going to sit there, get feed him a few questions and I love Jim's takes on fantasy football. No, so j- Jim is out. awesome. I I
0: actually can't wait for that. So cool. um looking forward to that and um that's it for this one guys. We'll be back next time. Bull call. Best coaches in the game, (laughs) we really ain't playing. We regroup up in the Slack chat where the coaches debrief. We be piecing these puzzles, occupy the chunk of the pie. Ain't no lie when we hit the block, helmets casket is got. You be seeing helmet after helmet, helmet after helmet. First place, second place, fifth place, eighth place, twelfth place, fifteen, sixteen, twenty. So many helmets, you got blurred vision.